0: Come and find a seat. Uh, Good evening again. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it? I'm going to let Isaac take a second to get that under control, and I'll just, you know, make random noises at the same time. Uh... Um, there we go. Uh, good evening again, everyone. If we've not met before, my name's Ed, um, and alongside a whole lot of other wonderful people. I'm part of the team that leads St. Matt's, and um, I have been part of this church for almost exactly um, four years now. And what I love most about this community, what it has always been to me, is kind of home. It feels like home. And if um, this is your first time, here's what I really want to say to you. Um, whatever your background, whatever your story, wherever you've come from my hope is that this would feel like home, you know, the kind of place where you can like kick your shoes off and, and kind of feel as though you can really be yourself. That's the goal of what it means to be home. And, and that's what we want this place to feel like for you as well. And so over the last few weeks, um, we've been unpacking the vision of our church. Um, every year we take kind of two times in the year where we zoom out a little bit and we focus in on the stuff that really matters. And we ask ourselves a few questions like, why are we here? What has God called us to do and to be in Exeter? To ask ourselves that critical question, actually, that we need to ask all the time. What's our purpose? What's our purpose? And there are so many great ways to answer that question. So many of the things that we do. But actually, if you look at everything that we do as a church, when we gather together, the stuff we do through the week, it kind of fits into two categories. The first is this, to love Jesus. Just to to fix our eyes on on loving Jesus, giving him the space and the attention, working out what it means to follow him and honour him in our lives, to bring us closer to him, and and then what it means to to pour out our lives in worship and prayer. I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. What does it mean to have a life that is like sold out for worship and prayer and a relationship with Jesus? And that will always be our primary purpose. It will always be the thing that we exist for. Um, but as we do that, a change begins to happen in us. As we orientate our lives towards Jesus, as we follow him and as we allow him to shape our character and our decisions, what happens is the things around us begin to change. We begin to see the transformation of the city around us. Uh, we begin to, to serve and to, and to pray with a purpose to see broken situations and, and struggles change. That the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that the Bible says lives in us, uh, begins to help us play our part in the transformation of the city and society. In short, we we exist for this. We exist to love Jesus and transform Exeter. Let's be honest, that is an incredibly bold statement, isn't it? Like, that's quite a big thing to try and set out to do to transform the city around us. I don't know about you, but I'm like looking at all your faces and you're all brilliant, but like, you know, I'm not seeing like transformation written across them. Uh, And the good thing is that the way God works is that He's not looking for heroes and individuals who can do all of this stuff on their own. What He's looking for are people who He can weave together, uh, create this beautiful and diverse community, a a community of different people at different ages and, and stages, different backgrounds different cultures, even different languages, and weave us together into this thing called the church, so that no matter where we come from or, or, or what our uh, background is, God can use us as his plan for the transformation of Exeter. His plan is not you or, or me, his plan is us. Um, all of us praying, all of us giving, and all of us serving. This mic is going to drive me nuts, so I'm just going to switch that out for a second too. That's better let's try that so sorry um so God's plan for transformation is us and I want to talk tonight about something that maybe doesn't feel as though it's that associated with that but it's the last piece of the puzzle if we want to love Jesus and transform Exeter well it's going to take us all praying and all serving and all giving And so tonight I want to talk about money, and that's the kind of thing that when somebody starts talking about money in church can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Has anyone ever felt that before? I mean, like, I'm not an investment banker. I'm not a financial advisor. Do not take anything I have to say about money, right? I mean, why would you listen to a vicar about money? But actually, the Bible has quite a lot to say about money, has a lot to say about the way we use our possessions, and Jesus had a lot to say about money. In fact, it's something he spoke about throughout his life, and something that he had a a lot to say about. And in the 13 years since I became a Christian, I've been on my own journey with Jesus and money. And what I used to think was, well, why would Jesus want my money? Because it's, it's my money, right? Like I earned it, I worked for it, I want to spend it on the stuff that I want. Why would Jesus be interested in my money? And what I found over the years is that I've followed Jesus and as I've listened to the things that he has to say about money, I've become um, kind of intrigued because his teaching on money is just as inspiring and just as liberating as anything else that he has to say about my life. In fact, Jesus has this vision for our money and our possessions and our resources that's actually far more exciting and uh, radical than ever I could have imagined on my own. And so we're going to read tonight from some of the the words that are uh, most famously that Jesus spoke about money and possessions from something called his Sermon on the Mount. I don't think he called it that. I think other people have called it that. But if you've got a Bible handy Um, switch it on, open the pages, whichever one you need to do, and go with me to Matthew chapter 6. And it's also going to appear on the screens, which it already has, if you want to read along that way. It says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp, uh, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Ish. I don't know about you, but for me, that seems like some of the most direct things that Jesus has to say. You can't serve God and money. And of all the phrases that Jesus says in those, those words, that bit of teaching about money, it's this that sticks with me the most. In fact, these words are so famous that they're even mostly, if you Google it now, attributed to Albus Dumbledore, head teacher of Hogwarts, and not to Jesus. But let me tell you this, Jesus said them first, and it goes like this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus is cutting to the heart of the matter of money because he knows what you and I are like, that there is this unbreakable link between our hearts and our desires and where we put our money and our possessions because our money and our possessions and our treasure, they give away our true desires. If you ever want to know where your heart is, look at where your treasure is. Or more realistically, where did you spend your treasure is probably an easier way to work it out. Just take a look at your bank statements. If you're anything like me, the app that you use for banking now will offer you some helpful monthly review that tells you all the stupid things you shouldn't have spent your money on that month and the money that you could have saved if you just followed their simple advice, which is really unhelpful. But you know, if we were to look at those things and if we were really honest with ourselves, if I was really honest with you tonight, my bank statements would show you what matters most to me, what's most important to me. Uh, Mostly, if I'm honest, artisan coffee from independent coffee shops and um, secondhand trainers off vintage is basically what I'm spending my money on. You know, And and those are all good things. I enjoy those things. But um, I enjoy them, but I know that they won't last, that they won't stay. And so when Jesus says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wonder whether my heart is really where I want it to be. Am I investing my time and my resources in the things that I think really matter? The question that Jesus is really asking us tonight is this. It's not about money, it's this. It's where's your heart? Where's your heart? Because not only do our our hearts end up where we put our money, if we want our hearts to be somewhere else, if we want our, our desires and our passion to be somewhere, then we better start moving our money there too. And when the prevailing message of our culture is that the more you have, the more you are, you know, the more possessions you have, the more assets you have, the kind of, the more valuable you are in the, the sign of society, uh, that's the same as the world that Jesus was living in. That's the same as the culture of Jesus' day. And this is the invitation. Could we live more radically and counterculturally, trusting him with our money and our possessions in the same way that we choose to trust him with our hearts and our, our dreams and our hopes? I want to explain this in another way. Is there somebody who could lend me a wallet with some cash in it? Has anyone got a some... wallet with some cash? Will looks like he's got a wallet with. Can I borrow your wallet a sec? Is that all right? Thank you so much. Um, this is brilliant. Will's wallet. Really handy. It's quite chunky. Um, Thanks, Will. That's really kind. Let's have a quick look what's in here. Some interesting membership cards. Let's talk about those later. Um and a good amount of cash. And so what Will's done here is that he's sort of, he's, he's, he's lent me uh, some of his money, he's given it to me, and, and now I get to decide what I want to do with it. You know, I, I, could, I could steal it, I could lose it, I could lose it down the back of the sofa, like anything could happen to it. Matt, can you just hold the mic for me for a sec? You know, I, I could take Will's money, and, and I could, you know, like, get like, I don't know, there's like a good amount of money here, there's like, yeah, okay, so I've got some money there, and like, I could do anything with this. Like, I could just, I could just literally get rid of Will's money. You know, like, I could I could get rid of it. And, and, like, he's watching me burn his money in front of him. And it's kind of awkward, isn't it? Let's just pop that in there. So there you go. That's Will's money that I've just burnt. Thanks so much. But, you know, sometimes when we think about giving, we feel like that's what we're doing. We feel like, oh, it's still going. Uh, it's a lot of plastic in there these days, isn't there? Um, you know, we feel as though we're just getting rid of it. We're just like burning it. It's kind of lost. It's not in our hands anymore. We've got no control over what happens to it. And we start to think about giving in the same way. You know, Will has very generously handed me his wallet, and I think he's probably regretting that now. But um, he's given me this wallet, and, and I've taken some of his money, and I burnt it. But actually, giving works in a different way. See, when we give our money, as Will did with his wallet to me, what God does is he takes that money, and he says, do you know what? I'm going to invest it. I'm going to invest it in something that really matters. I'm going to give Mac 20 quid. There you go. There's an investment in UMAC. Oh, I've given you about 50 there. That's all awkward, isn't it? And, and I give John 10 quid, and I give Sophie 20, because that's all I've got left. Thanks so much, Will. That's really kind. And before you know it, there's kind of nothing left in Will's wallet. Let me just give you that back. Thanks so much, Will. That's really generous of you um, in church. Let's give Will a little round of applause. You know, sometimes giving away our money feels like just throwing it away, burning it to to nothing at all but actually when we give our money into the hands of God and not me that money is like an investment it's like it invests in something with eternal significance it invests in other people it helps and supports other people because ultimately Jesus doesn't want our money, Jesus is not asking you to just give him all your money, what Jesus wants is your heart he wants your heart because that's where your treasure is and allowing our treasure to go the places where our hearts go means allowing God to change the way that we see and feel about our money you know we were called to live in a different way to the world around us to handle our our money and our assets differently to those around us because we know that they were never really ours in the first place You know, we can't take them to the place that we're going. And in our hands, that money, well, in Will's wallet, that money is just money, you know. It's got no purpose. But in the hands of God, not in my hands, there's power and impact that it can have. It can multiply and bring a a taste of heaven on earth. And I can say that from my own experience, and I really mean this, I've never found anything uh, better to put my money in and my resources than the local church that I called home at the time to see it resource the things that the church and, and only really the church can do in society, to see my treasure invested in helping kids and youth reach the next generation. That's something we get to do. You know, on the last few Sundays, we've had over 80 kids uh, under 15 in church, going to kids groups, hearing about faith, talking about prayer. Um, On a Sunday, 80 kids in church, we're about to run out of space and we've got nowhere to put them. Or or I get to see uh, what happens when I invest my money in church planting. Uh, we've just, as Mac mentioned, launched this new location down in Exwick, and it's a church like this one was just a few years ago, that, that if left to its own devices, there's a risk that it might close and, and never be open for people to go to again. But, but we have the opportunity to invest our resources and our treasures in this place, in this community, in this building, and see it become fully alive. We get to invest our treasure and our time in something like the River Cafe, our our hospitality program that we run for women who are on probation and needing support and and helping them find worth and purpose in life. I'll be honest, none of those things were important to me when I first started giving to the local church. But as I've done so regularly and sacrificially and sometimes painfully, my heart has moved towards those things and I have felt more and more passion for them. You know, as a result of giving, I've found a freedom in my finances that I never thought that I would have. I found that in my hands, that money was just money. You know, it was just coffee and shoes. But in the hands of God, I could see that money do more than I ever imagined. And our church, this church, is underpinned by the generosity of you. I often put it like this. Everything we do is made possible by you. It's by people who give regularly to the church. And as we come to the end of this vision series, I want to invite you to to play your part in this vision by praying, by serving, and by giving. And wherever your money is in this life, your heart will also end up. And as much as I know that um, our church needs generosity to keep going and needs people to give generously. I also know that Jesus doesn't want your money. Jesus wants your heart. He wants you to trust him and invest your finances in something that really matters. You know, you don't have to give a lot to have a big impact. That's the joy of it. God's plan to transform the city is not just one of us or a couple of us being generous. It's all of us playing our part. Currently, there are 104 people in our church who regularly give to support the vision of this church. I talked about them in the beginning. We sort of calculated that's around 50% of the people who regularly come to church. And I'm so grateful for every single one of those people. I know some people in this room are incredibly generous, but I'm also dreaming of a time when we could all play our part. When we could all do something, no matter how small, to see the church love Jesus and transform Exeter. You know, in fact, I asked our finance team to, to find out what's the smallest amount of money that um, somebody uh, gives each month. And it's two pounds. They're not giving that to the donkey sanctuary. They're giving that to us. And I can tell you the difference it makes. Nothing against the donkeys. I had a number of people ring that up this morning. I love the donkeys. I just know what two pounds can do in the hands of the church. It feeds a guest on Alpha for a week. It trains midweek group leaders. It enables us to throw the doors open and keep the heating and the lights on. It, it enables us to resource church planting and Week. it enables us to to start small groups with local people through the neighborhood fund it enables us to reach and equip the next generation with faith for Jesus in culture and society you know every time we get to this moment Jess and I ask ourselves that question and we start from this point Jesus said where your treasure is there your heart will be also and we ask ourselves that question where do we want our hearts to be where do we want our hearts to be What if we began to not see our money and our treasure and our resources as things that we own, but actually as things that God provided for us, and he asks for a small amount back? You know, every time we pray and we ask God, what should we give? And uh, we pray separately, and then we kind of talk about the number we gave. And um, normally, Jess gets a a scary number, which is why I'm the rational one, you know, to keep us grounded. Um, And then in the end, we go with her number anyway, because I've learned it's best to do that. And we start giving regularly from our bank account to the church and to a number of other things. And I've got to be honest with you, it's the best feeling in the world. There's nothing more powerful than generosity. And I want to invite you, uh, with no compulsion and no pressure at all, to pray that prayer with me today, to ask God, what do you want me to give? To take the opportunity to pray and give. And in a moment, we're going to do that. We're going to do that collectively together. We're going to take a moment to pray and ask that prayer, and we're going to respond. And it might be that you're in a place right now where you're like, oh, I've got, I've got so little money, I've got nothing to give. I want to encourage you to think, what could I give in the future? What could I pledge that I can kind of contribute longer term? It might be that you're here visiting from another church and you're like, well, you know, I, I don't come to your church regularly. I'm not part of this. I want to encourage you to think and pray. What could I do to resource and support my church with the vision that they have for the city and the place around them? It might be that you're here today and you're like, oh, I just, I just don't know what to do or even where to start. I want to encourage you, pray and ask God. There's a verse in the Bible that always speaks to me about this. Uh, And in a moment, we're going to respond and we're going to get up and we're going to worship together and we do that. But there's this verse in 2 Corinthians that says this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your own heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, it's... The end of our vision series, we're stopping to remind ourselves who we are and and why we exist and what our purpose is, And, and we have this dream that Jesus would be loved and Exeter transformed. But big visions come with big costs, and I want to invite you to play your part in that, especially if you never have before, that we could be a church where everyone gets to play a small part. You know, I would love it if it wasn't two pounds a month that somebody was giving. I would love it if it was one pound, 75p, although the paperwork's going to be a nightmare. But I I don't care. However small it is, see, God does big things with our small offerings. Because why? Because where our treasure is, there our heart is also, and Jesus wants our hearts. He wants every part of our lives. He wants all of our worship. He wants all of our vision and and he wants us to to put our treasure in him and so we're going to pray if you've never done this before I just encourage you just to close your eyes for a sec the bible says God loves a cheerful giver not a reluctant one or under compulsion and so God I thank you that everything that we have you have provided for us as individuals and as a church Lord, I pray right now that as we see your desire to have our hearts invested in the eternal things, the things that have an impact beyond this life, the the things of your kingdom, that you would help us to see our money as it really is. And Lord, I pray today that you would speak to each of us and show us what you would have us give back to you. Lord, everything we have is yours. Show us what you would have us give back to you. Jesus, you say, where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. And here tonight, we give you our hearts. Give you our hearts. We're going to respond together. Um, If you sat down on your seat, hopefully you found one of these um, cards on your seat. Um, And I want to encourage you that um, you might be a student and you're like, oh, well, I don't have a lot to give. It doesn't matter the amount you might be here visiting from another church and you're like oh well this is not my home church great don't worry about that make a decision tonight to give to your local church to make an investment in that way Um, it might be that you're like oh you know i I already um i've already thought about this or already changed my giving recently write a funny joke on the card um, for the finance team to enjoy when they're processing these later but i want to encourage us all to lean into this moment to, to believe that our giving is not just a practical thing that we do, that it's part of our worship. And so this card kind of hopefully explains everything that you can do. You can make a one-off gift. There's a little QR code on there. Um, but the best way, by far the best way to give is by regular giving. And so there's a little form here where you can put in the amount you want to give, the date you want to start, sign date. You put your details in there. So like first name, Ed, but you've got your own first name. Um, and then your bank account details. And basically we take care of all of the rest. And then on the back, there's a gift aid form. And um, if you pay tax, Students, quick heads up, you probably don't. Um, that if you pay tax, then we can claim back um, an extra 25p for every one pound that um, you donate, and it makes a huge difference. So, we're just going to stick a little bit of music on. Can we put some, some just background music on? Is that all right, Isaac? Thank you. And um, we're going to uh, do this for a few minutes together, and then we're going to respond in worship, all right? If you find that your pen doesn't work, and um, you know, um, only 50% of pens work statistically, so um, if you find it doesn't work, John is here and he's got spare pens and stuff. So, we're just going to do this for a few minutes.